Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, Kevin Ingram joins us. He is one of the play-by-play voices for Vanderbilt Athletics. We'll talk Commodore football. Our guest line is presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Kevin Ingram joins me now from his tropical paradise, wherever he is. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, if the uh, the press box at Hawkins Field is a tropical paradise, then, then there we go. It was more like, uh, if you think back to last winter, it was more like Hoth. I, I think uh, when the, the season started last February, if you remember the ice and snow we had on the field. But uh, yeah, not too bad out here. It's kind of, it feels like fall. You know, it's the first day of fall and it sort of feels that way. It, it does. Uh, it's got that chill in the air today. I went out and walked in midday and didn't have sweat after 30 seconds, so that's always a good sign that the weather's mm-hmm. changing. But let, let's talk Vandy football. What did we learn from the Stanford game? Um, I think we learned that a two-minute stretch can make all the difference in a football game, and there's no question about that. Vanderbilt was right in it at 14-14, but that last little stretch before the first half turned out to make the difference in the game. Vanderbilt earlier had gotten a Goal line stand, stopping Stanford at the two, drove it 98 yards and scored. And you feel like, okay, there's a momentum change. But Stanford scores, get a turnover, they ask more points. And then uh, Vanderbilt was unable to kind of hold them back far enough to prevent another field goal try. And and Stanford was able to tack on another three points right before they went to the locker room. So it just felt like a big turning point in that game. And you got into the second half, still two quarters to go. But Vanderbilt never could really recover from that spot right there before the intermission. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but that's two weeks in a row that everything changed at that two-minute mark of the first half. Yeah, and you know, for Vanderbilt to, in the in the game out of Colorado State, it changed in the other direction. You know, things uh, the momentum shifted in Vanderbilt's favor in that game after falling behind by two touchdowns. The Commodores uh, came back, put something on the board, and, and got some stops in that game out, out in uh, Fort Collins and. And took that momentum into the second half, but it sort of it did go the other way uh, with the Cardinal here at, at Vanderbilt back last Saturday night. I guess this is one of those things that if we knew the answer, we wouldn't be in the media; we'd be in coaching. But what do they have <laughs> to do to get off to a better start? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There there are a lot of things that I think uh, if if I knew the answer to some of these things, I might be trying to coach rather than uh, do what we do. But uh, yeah, I, I think just. You know, just having find, finding a rhythm to the offense earlier in the game, and uh, yeah, just be, you know having the ability to to get your defense off the field and keep the other team from from kind of getting things rolling a little bit. Uh, it, it has been, uh, especially the last couple games, falling behind it early in the game, and you know having to play catch up. And you know, I think that's something that you know Clark Lee hopes this team and and his coaching staff and everybody could figure out as we go along here. But yeah, got to get off to a faster start. And you, you kind of knew against Stanford. If he fell behind against that team, it was going to be a whole lot harder to come back, just given the nature of the way they play. Vanderbilt was behind 7 nothing, and then 14-7, came back and tied it twice, but uh, never could take the lead. And, yeah, those uh, those starts, you, you want to just come roaring out and, and get things moving a little faster uh, as we move through the, through the season here. 
We got some midweek news this week, not the kind everybody hoped for, but Raymond Davis done for the year. That's just a horrible loss. I think he's one of the probably four or five most indispensable guys on the team. You hate to see it for him. He seems like such a class kid and was just such a, a good player for them so far. How do they pick up the pieces and move forward? It really is going to be hard because Ray Davis, there, there wasn't much question that he was the number one running back if you watch his team, not only through the first three games, but also in camp. And we saw him out there a lot. The Temple transfer, really experienced guy, kind of has that, that knowledge of an older player. Uh, he went out at halftime and didn't return. He came back for the second half and his foot was in a walking boot. And you're like, oh boy, that could be a problem, but you hope it's nothing long-term. And then on Monday, you start to get the news that he's going to have surgery, and Clark Lee confirmed that with a press conference yesterday. Uh, going to have surgery uh, for a toe injury and gone for the season. That's a big loss. He can do a lot of stuff. He can uh, he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. But uh, his season is done. Uh, we saw some really nice work out of Rocco Griffin in his most extensive playing time, 19 carries for 107 in that game against Stanford. And it's going to be more on him. It's going to be more on Patrick Smith, the freshman, or maybe James Ziegler gets a few more carries. But yeah, that's a that's a big one to try to make up for because he's just one of those veteran guys that's sort of a workhorse back. He can hand the football to, and he's tough. And uh, yeah, you hate to see him uh, miss the rest of this season after only three games. Just really kind of hoping to, to see a full season of that guy and uh, what he might be able to do. Well, we're going to have to see some guys emerge on offense. One guy that started to do that a little bit is Devin Body. He just seems to be increasingly a bigger part of their plans with every game. He is. He caught his first touchdown um, in, in that game on Saturday night. Made a really nice play in the end zone, kind of crossed the receivers and caught the ball just short of the sideline. That play happened right in front of me. And it was nice to see him get that opportunity and have that first career touchdown. Uh, I asked uh, Coach Lee about him after the game, and he said, well, yeah, that, that was great. Of course, there's a lot more things that go into being a successful receiver. I think he was referring to blocking and things like that. But I, I, I still like this receiving group. Um Chris Pierce has that toughness. I mean, you just catch the ball and, and get those extra yards. You know, we've seen Will Shepard come along just in the last few months. We know what Cam Johnson's about, the uh, the veteran receiver. And uh, Amir Abdurrahman has, you know, certainly uh, had his moments in a Vanderbilt uniform. But uh, I think we'd all kind of be waiting for, for Devin Body to, to, to show what he's got and take that step. And we saw a first touchdown out of him against Stanford. On the other side of the ball, one thing that has stood out a little bit is – the middle of the defense, I think, is is playing fairly well right now. You've got Ethan Barr, who has just been consistent every week. You've got Davion Davis, who's been consistent really from spring practice on. Yeah. And, and then Rashawn Wilkins is picking up a lot more time. That's not something that I really anticipated coming out of fall camp because Malik Langham was consistently ahead of him. But I guess Langham's health has opened a door. And I think Wilkins has really – sees that opportunity, but that's three guys up the middle that I think it's kind of gone lost that they played pretty well there. They, they have, and, and I like the way the linebackers have played. Anthony Orgy is having a really nice season. Ethan Barr, you mentioned him. He, he's having a good year. Those, those two have been the leading tacklers uh, most of the first three games. And um, yeah, I, I, you have to have that rotation of defensive linemen to be successful in this league or in any league in, in, in football, basically. And uh, it's been nice to see some more pieces added to that mix. I thought it was interesting in the second half of that game, uh, Clark Lee, I believe it was Anthony Orgy and, um, and Ethan Barr pulled him aside for a pretty spirited conversation about what all was going on and what needed to happen. And, uh, you know, you, you pull a couple of your guys who are your 
two of your best players in your defense and you talk to them and everybody kind of sees it. And, you know, that, that sets the example. And, uh, you know, those guys can can go extend that message to their teammates. But, yeah, this this defense overall, I, I think they've actually had a pretty good season so far. Uh, those, those first two games, especially, and you go back to ETSU, not all of what happened in that game was their fault. I mean, you talk to those guys and they'll say, well, you know, it's it's a team game. It's it's offense and defense and special teams and all of it. But oh, overall, I think they got to be fairly pleased with how this uh, defensive unit is played. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Well, there's one other guy in that group, and that's Dericky Wright. And my question there, I thought we'd see him playing more. I know that he was hobbled in fall camp, and maybe it's an easing him in thing where he hasn't been 100%. What's going on there? Because he's splitting reps right now pretty evenly with Michael Lewusu, or at least he was last game. Yeah, um, I, I think Dericky Wright, the more he gets out there and the more you see him play, then the more you like him. He, he plays what's kind of, it's one of those hybrid spots, they call it the anchor. And uh, he, he seems like he has the the perfect body and athleticism to, to play that spot successfully. But yeah, you'll see him knock down a pass or make a play or get a stop heading four tackles in that game back on Saturday. Uh, yeah, you just hope for good health for that guy. I know he battled it all last season as a freshman, and uh, you just hope he can uh, keep keep the health going in the right direction and uh, have a chance to, to make some plays this year. Do you think there'll be any kind of a youth movement as the games go forward? And I know that some coaches like to get freshmen out there pretty quickly. Right now they've played, what, Quincy Skinner and and then John House and I think maybe that's it so far unless maybe include some guys on special teams. Yeah, and no, really we haven't seen very much of those two guys either. It's kind of surprised me. I thought we might see more of Quincy Skinner. You know, he's you know we watched a lot of fall camp and a lot of practice leading up to the season. He was pretty prevalent and prominent in what they were doing. I thought we might see more of number eighty-seven. And, and as far as House, you know, we saw him a lot in the scrimmages too, playing a defensive back spot, uh, but. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, uh, and maybe some of it depends on how the season goes, but I, I don't know that it does with this coaching staff. I, I think it's more about building and improving as it is. I mean, you obviously want to win the football games. That's what you're here for. But I think it's about seeing progress throughout the season as much as anything. And I, I don't know that the results of the game uh, and where they are in the season affects uh, how they might look at uh, getting some younger players' experience. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how that progresses as we go forward. 
Well, this may not be the week to do it uh, with Georgia. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've heard, but they're pretty good. I have. I was looking at some of their notes, and uh, goodness sakes, their, their defense is unbelievable. They are tied for fourth nationally. They have 13 sacks in three games. Vanderbilt got its first sack against Stanford on Saturday night. Also, five interceptions. That's second in the SEC. I mean, you, you look at some of these preseason watch lists for uh, – players on defense and uh, there, there are Georgia players pretty much scattered throughout those. And the, the defense has allowed, I think 23 points in three games so far. They've been, they've been super good. And the offense has been good too, averaging 35 through three games. Now they've, they played against Clemson, which are the low scoring game. They blew out UAB and then they had pretty impressive win against South Carolina this past week. So certainly one of the best teams in the country that we will uh, see on the field on Saturday at 11 o'clock. Yeah, they have just got athletes all over the field. And, and my concern for them is now they got JT Daniels back on top of everything. And he, he just was so good last year at just throwing the ball up and letting his guys go get it. I think we're going to see a lot of that on Saturday. Yeah, he was efficient against South Carolina, 23-31 for 303. One touchdown, one interception. Mentioned he, he was out against UAB, was injured, but came back for the Carolina game. And uh, he played the last four games of last season after he'd recovered from a torn ACL back in 2019. But yeah, 73% completion rate so far for Daniels and really for Stetson Bennett also in the uh, the time he's been in there. He started against UAB. So yeah, and they've had they've had big plays. They have at least five touchdown passes of, of close to 40 yards. So uh, that that tells you a little bit about what their offense is about. And really, the tight end has been one of their uh, best targets so far. Brock Bowers. Well, the schedule for next year got released yesterday. We are doing this on a Wednesday. How excited were you to see Hawaii in week zero on the road? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I've never been to Hawaii before. And uh, if all goes well, I will go to Hawaii twice in the span of about nine months because basketball is going to go there around Christmas time this year to play in the Diamond Head Classic right at Christmas. And and then uh, football, I, I knew I mean, we all knew the, the football game at Hawaii had been scheduled. So, yeah, at the end of August, a, a road trip out to Hawaii. Uh, it'll be a, a little more challenging for the equipment guys to get the truck out there. But uh, it, it'll be super cool. Uh, they don't play in the old Aloha Stadium anymore. I, I don't know if they're doing renovations or just going to build a new one. I know they've argued about that for years out there. I think about what to do with that stadium. So Hawaii, uh, they, they revamped a smaller stadium that I believe is on campus and are going to play their home games there, at least for the uh, foreseeable future. But yeah, that's a pretty exciting trip when you look at that and, and going out there to play. And I'm really fired up about going out there for basketball this year and hoping I can uh, take my family with me and uh, have have a Christmas time uh, in Hawaii. Uh, was it uh, Mela Kalikimaka, the, the uh, song? <laughs> you think about the, the vacation movie, yeah, that's all that comes to mind immediately for me. But uh, yeah, it, it'd be super cool to be able to make that trip not only once, but twice. And uh, that, that would be a lot of fun. Well, let me ask you, is there a third one coming in the next couple of years? Because correct me if I'm wrong, when the baseball season got canceled by the pandemic, um, I could have sworn they had a road trip to Hawaii in there somewhere. Uh, or maybe that I was think, just them coming here. I, I don't know. Is there is there a return trip anywhere there for baseball? Um, if, well, if let me let me is, correct myself. If, I guess that, they didn't get canceled um, because I guess they played the non conference. Yeah, they season played before Hawaii. The pandemic. Yeah, Vanderbilt right. played Hawaii. That they played that series. Um, but I, as far as a return trip, for some reason, I was thinking there was, 
Now, it's not going to be this coming year, I know, if it happens. And maybe with pan, you know, the pandemic and everything, maybe that's just off the table now. But, yeah, Vanderbilt did play the uh, the Hawaii series uh, here at Hawkins Field. And uh, we, did, we did those games on TV. And uh, when we came back from some of the commercial breaks, uh, our, our production crew would put up these these visuals of like Waikiki Beach you know when we came back from the break uh, and then we like go back to the, the scene up here where it's probably like raining or something but yeah Vanderbilt did play Hawaii here in baseball in 2020. You're like thanks for that guys. <laughs> right yeah, just a, <laughs> a little, little taste. <laughs> right just just rub your nose in it. Um, yeah. Let's talk hoops for a minute. Um, we're both good friends with Chris Dortz. We've both done some work at Blue Ribbon. My understanding is he's made Scotty Pippen Jr. his SEC preseason player of the year. Um, that's a, a pretty good honor, given um, all the talent in this league. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, there is a lot of talent in this league. I mean, you kind of look at the teams that were good last year. You look at Alabama, and you look at Arkansas, and you, you, Kentucky's reloaded for this year. They're probably going to be a whole lot better, but I, I – I think that's pretty interesting, and uh, I mean, Scottie Pippen, at the very least, is going to be on all the uh, preseason all-conference teams and all that, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of season he has. Uh, I talked to Jerry Stackhouse about him a couple weeks ago, and you know, maybe trying to get him a little more time off the ball to where he's not bringing it up the court every single time, and we'll see how that works, but you got to feel like a big season's ahead, and he really has a chance to not only have a good season for Vanderbilt, but also to uh, help his, his pro stock and uh, maybe give himself a chance to uh, be a higher draft pick than he might have been if he had come out after this past season. I, quite frankly, I was surprised that uh, he, he decided to come back for another year, but that was great news for Vanderbilt. That, that felt like a big shot in the arm when uh, when Scottie Pippen Jr. decided to come back for another season uh, here on West End. I'm trying to think. They've had several players of the year. Uh, my dog is very fired up about this conversation. and. Uh-huh. Um, I think Shane Foster was a player of the year, Will Purdue way back when, uh, Derek Byers. Uh, I think that's all right. Billy McCaffrey. But Billy I'm trying McCaffrey to was, huh? If they've ever had a preseason player of the year. That, um, I, I don't, I would have to go back and look that up. I, I don't know about a preseason player of the year. All the guys you mentioned, I know, uh, one, one player of the year, uh, and, and all were very deserving. But yeah, as far as a preseason player of the year, I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, maybe we could you find that out somehow, but I uh, can't recall. Kevin, I appreciate your time today. I know you got your hands tied or busy with pregame prep for Georgia and everything. Tell <laughs> folks where they can find you online. I've got my hands full with my dog here, as everybody right. can hear. Um, yeah, they they can, uh, of course, find our game on, on 93.3. You can uh, go to the VUCommodores.com website if you want to listen online that way. There, there are several different ways you can do it uh, with Learfield and so forth. Also today, earlier today, uh, I want to plug our podcast, The Anchor. I uh, recorded a, an interview with Earl Bennett, the uh, the Vanderbilt legend, uh, SEC legend, uh, is named a few years ago, but maybe the greatest receiver in Vanderbilt history on the short list if he's not. He was an SEC record holder uh, when he finished his three-year stay uh, here with Vanderbilt. Went on to play for the Bears for a few years, but really, really interesting guy. He's working on his Ph.D. here at Vanderbilt. So he's already uh, received two degrees from here, but uh, had a great conversation. If you can't get inspired listening to that dude, then uh, you might need to check your pulse because uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun to talk to Earl. Earl? I believe number two in receptions in SEC history still, even after leaving early to go pro. Of course, Jordan Matthews, number one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, had, had a great career and just a, a really nice human being from my interactions with Earl. 
Absolutely. And uh, we got into some funny stories about, uh, you know, playing here and the, the slant and the catch against Tennessee to uh, to win that game in Knoxville in 2005 and talking about playing uh, with, with the Bears. And you know, Vanderbilt had the, quite the connection going with the Chicago Bears there for a few years with him and Jay Cutler and you know, Chris Williams was there. And, you know, one thing you don't think about is that he played more with Jay Cutler with the Chicago Bears than he did with Jay Cutler with Vanderbilt because he really only played one season with Cutler here. And then he went on to play with him uh, more than that to end the pros after Cutler went from the Broncos to Chicago. I'm trying to remember, was DJ Moore on any of those teams that they yeah, were on? Yeah, I think he might have been. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, they had a run. Um, and Hunter Hillemeyer was in that division for a bit, I guess. He was. Yeah, Hunter Hillemeyer was. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just an interesting connection with Vanderbilt and the Bears. And going back to the days of you know, Bill Wade and uh, you know, way, way before these, these guys we were just talking about. I think Bob Asher played for the Bears at one point. That was before our time, but ended up with a football card of him somehow. But anyway. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to catching you next week. Anytime, Chris. Thanks a lot for the time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.